What is up, listeners? I'm your host, Veronica Thompson, and welcome to another episode of Above the Mean, a podcast about individuals actively pursuing their passions and pushing themselves to be better than the standard in order to stand out. Today, I am joined by a dear friend, Chloe Fee, a plant-passionate indoor gardener who was also recently featured on PBS. She provides tips and plant care consultations to her followers. In this episode, I dive into the wonderful and colorful world of plants. Me and Chloe discuss numerous topics, ranging from how she uses her degree in STEM to create helpful gardening tips to the struggles of being a female entrepreneur. All right, I'm also going to take this time now to apologize for my shriek when I find out one of Chloe's celebrity clients. So without further ado, let's get into it. Chloe, thank you so much for being on my podcast today. Thank you, Veronica. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Now, Chloe, I know that a lot of your techniques and tips for gardening come from your background in STEM. Can you talk to us a little bit about your background? Yes. So I have a uh, baccalaureate of science in neuroscience. Um, In my time with that, I did get a minor in biology. So a lot of my knowledge comes from understanding the biomechanisms of plants. And, you know, I love to read. I'm a a researcher at heart and so I just deepen my knowledge a lot about their systems their needs and how to optimize their growth that's amazing that's so <laughs> fascinating I never realized that plants had I guess well so much science to them but what caused you initially to fall in love with plants like where did that passion come from you know I have always been like a baby plant person. Um, I always had like little succulents around my dorm room. Uh, always had like a golden pothos or devil's ivy like we were talking about earlier. And um, I honestly, when my late grandmother passed away, unfortunately, uh, she uh, left me like a lot of her plants, uh, my maternal grandmother. And we'd always like shared that hobby. Like she would always tell me what she was growing and I would tell her what I was growing. And so we'd send each other seeds in the mail. And, um, she actually brought, bought me like my first like plant at like, I want to say five or six years old. It was a grow your own cabbage kit. I was so proud. I took it. Like she even sent me a Kodak so that I could, uh, show her pictures of it when it was done growing and I took the picture of it and it was bigger than my head and (laughs) I was so proud of that cabbage and I think it's just a lifelong uh, love affair with plants but when she like willed her collection to me I realized that you know these weren't succulents anymore and I was stepping into like a newer rarer um, more care intensive territory than I had previously been but I love that I love that you have such a deep connection of plants just And it really kind of brings a home sense to you. How much time, I guess, every day do you devote to your plants? That's an excellent question. Um, The daily time expenditure is maybe about 30 minutes to an hour. But I I tend to try to get it all done on the weekend. So sometimes my Saturdays are like plant day. And that includes watering, pruning, propagating, um, pest treatment, things like that. Uh, so I, I try to do like all of the maintenance work on one day so I'm not like, you know, constantly doing it. Yeah. So 
self-watering systems automation with like lights and humidity help a lot because otherwise i would be all day every day in the greenhouse in my green spaces trying to keep them happy (laughs) i feel like that's where i'm at i feel like i've definitely just recently started getting kind of a green thumb and i definitely overwatered my plants at first and then it was kind of an underwater like I I think my first plant was a cactus. I have this weird love for cactuses that I can't explain. Uh, I remember I went to Ikea once. I was just so blown away by all the furniture that the only thing I bought was a cactus plant from there. (laughs) And I had that in my dorm room. And sadly, it died. And I was like, how do you kill a cactus? Only I feel like only I could or I would. But I feel like that's something that a lot of people, especially throughout the pandemic, have I've seen an influx of new planners just watching them use plants as a space and as a medium for peace and self-reflection. Would you say that gardening does the same for you? Absolutely. Um, There's such a therapeutic effect to plants. I'm spending time with my plants, admiring new leaves, and honestly being able to nurture something and have it almost nurture you back is so rewarding. It's so gratifying. Like, you know, you water, light, and then I get beautiful foliage to enjoy, you know, um, year round. Um, so that's why a part of why I like it. I feel like it adds so much life to a space too. Um, it just creates a more warm lived environment. If you think about it, you know, humans were outside for probably most of our existence. And so it, it feels weird when we, you know, how much we've disconnected ourselves in nature and by fostering green in our own spaces, we're kind of reconnecting with our natural world. Oh, I love that. Honestly, I've never thought about it like that, but you're right. We are from the dawn of days. We were born to be outside. And right. so I feel like plants are kind of us in a way bringing that like. Like reclaiming that primal yes, that need to touch grass and be in Mother Earth. Um, yeah. That's how I see it, um, especially when you walk around my space. It's very jungle-esque, like there's a plant in every corner, unless it's a super dark corner, and then I don't put them through that. <laughs> no, that's what I love. I, I want to do that. I would love to have my house just be like my own little green indoor like garden. <laughs> I can't wait. I, let's talk more about that because I want to help you for sure with that. I'm like, no, that's I'm, all I want to hear. It's like, yes. You've already given me so many good tips. Like, And I want to know, so... How did you, I guess, kind of turn your passion for planting into a semi kind of career? Because I feel like that's not something that most people often think of or like really follow through on. Right. So I love this question. Thank you so much. Um, Let me think. So two or three, three years ago now, actually, um, before COVID, of course, um, we would our local plant group in Austin would get together and do plant swaps. And I was a pretty big member of that group. And I remember at the swap, people were like lining up and like kind of circling, like, are you gonna trade that? Do you gonna, what do I gotta do to get one of those? (laughs) And I remember someone offered me $45 for one of the plants that I had. And that's when it kind of just clicked for me. Like, oh, people are gonna pay, people would pay good money for these and they're happy. And, you know, I can provide a service to people because um, one thing I wanna say is that I was, I got really into rare plants before people were like, oh, what are rare plants, you know, and became fascinated by them. So I had like the stock, I had, you know, the, the, the uh, cult, I've already been cultivating them before other people. So I think that it was just a timing and opportunity thing coming together 
really well. What's the most exciting plant sale that you've ever had? Okay, so Bretman Rock. <laughs> Wait, the Bretman. Yes. Chloe! <laughs> that is my all-time favorite guru YouTuber. Like, he is a god. Bretman Rock. Yes. Bre- Everyone's um, unproblematic YouTuber favorite. Um, <laughs> And the review is on my page under my reviews. It's like you'll have to scroll in the story highlights, but it is there. And that's like my most favorite plant sale to date because they were, he was so humble and so cool. And he was like, I love it. I love it. I want that one and that one. And you got others. And I was like, nothing worthy of you, my liege. But no, um, oh, I love <laughs> it was I... so exciting. It was legitimately amazing. I'm literally like, I have the biggest smile on my face right now because I'm just like, I'm talking to Bretman Rocks, plant guru. <laughs> like, that doesn't get better than that. It doesn't get better than that. Wait, what kind of plant did he buy? Um, a Monstera aurea and one of my favorite um, Anthurium crystallinium silver silver splashes. They're very like shimmery and they've got like these lovely little veins in them. Monstera aurea, they're very, very nice. They've got great color. They got like this golden variegation and they get these really nice fenestrations and Honestly, they're just so chill. Um, they're really great growers. And I was like, yes. And it arrived on his birthday. And I remember. Um, Did he home- say like how he found you? Um, okay. So one of my friends was like, he, he reached out to one of my friends who lives on the island. And his, our mutual friend was like, oh yeah, Chloe's got the stuff. Like, Chloe. She's your girl. She's your girl. And it was really funny because like. He bought from me, and then all of a sudden, everyone was like, Bretman, 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 like, buy from us, King. And, like, because um, he has a really good page, Bretman Root. I, I stand that page, so. Wait, he has his own plant page? Uh-huh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best one I'm out just, there. I'm Second best week. No. <laughs> um, no, no, it's Monster amazing. Monster Maven first. Uh, thank you. But, yeah, Bretman Root is what it is. And I, I love how raw and real he is with his plants. It's so refreshing because – 90% of us try to, like, present it, like, always perfect. But he's just like, I just don't like these bitches. <laughs> Sometimes, like, very frank and very funny. Um, But, yeah, no, I was like, no, I feel that. Sometimes we don't stand. Sometimes they. You just got to be raw and real. Got to be raw and real and in the dirt. Because that's, that's what it's about. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my gosh. I'm I'm excited for you if that happened. That Thank is so you. cool. Thank you. Thank you. And you talk about rare plants. What is one of the rarest plants that you've had in your possession? Okay. Um, so I would say, like, right now, my leading two would be the Philodendron Spiritus Sancti. It's uh, named after a region in Brazil. That is beautiful. <laughs> I know, right? Like, holy ghost, right? Like, it's amazing. Um, it's actually endangered in its native environment due to deforestation, and the problem has been exacerbated by poaching. And this plant has been on my wish list for maybe five years. Oh, wow. Uh, I've wanted it really bad um, to describe it. It's like this beautiful matte green, long leaves. It just looks like something otherworldly. Like, like just something out of a rainforest, or like out of Avatar, even. <laughs> kind of, yeah. It looks like a foreign alien plant. Like it's... It, Honestly, I think it would take my breath away if I ever saw one in its indigenous environment. But golly, it's just a gorgeous plant. And I finally was able to get one, morally speaking, because I found out there was actually a pretty big scandal two years ago that the people who had had that plant had actually been like encouraging poaching. Like they were teaming up. It was really, really bad. It like shook 
the community. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that made me realize I actually took it off my wish list because I was like, I don't want this plan if it means that it was oh, taken negative, yeah. and stolen and it was acquired wrongfully. So I took it off my wish list and then uh, one of my wholesalers approached me with the opportunity to get one and he was like, it's um, tissue cultured, which is pretty much how most plants in circulation are created. So you basically take micro tissue from a mother plant and you put it on like an agar plate and through the totipotent nature of plant cells, which means that kind of like stem cells, they can become a variety of different types of cells. You can grow smaller plantlets from it and then eventually new plants. So it's almost like cloning in exactly. a way. It's, it's a form of, you know, they call it micropropagation because you need so little tissue to do it. You just need really sterile environment, patience, and, you know, the, the scientific tools to do it. Um, but, yeah, I was able to get one through tissue culture, which is, as far as I can am aware, is, like, the most ethical way to source uh, rarer plants. That was a long answer. So. No. <laughs> and so how much, I guess, how much would this plant go for on the market? I am I haven't seen to sell it, but... Um, I saw one go for $25,000 last year. Oof. And like, I, I've seen them, like, larger, mature specimens hover at, like, 18 this year. I didn't pay that. I want to <laughs> preface, like, I'm not living no. it like that. But I know um, you like have had all. a successful career when it comes to plants, that you've <laughs> yeah. made a decent amount of cha-ching. Yes, absolutely. I've, I've been able to do so much because of the that extra income and – I just want to encourage everyone, if you have a passion and, you know, if you see an opportunity, try some entrepreneurship there because it's there's so much opportunity everywhere. Like people are buying anything. They're interested in anything. If you have a talent, you know, a service that you might be able to provide, just try it. Uh, even if it's on the weekends, like it's it's crazy. <laughs> I agree. I agree full heartedly. Like what's the worst that can happen? Literally. Like you're already doing the first step that so many fail to even take. And I even saw on occasion you hold plant sales where proceeds benefit deserving nonprofits. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and like which nonprofits you mainly support? Wow. These are like amazing questions. Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Um, so uh, Grow Together is like that initiative. Um, and I just honestly, I've... There's so much negativity in the world and plants have always been like a very grounding and positive presence for me. And so I thought, you know, especially at that point, I realized I made my money. Like, I'm happy. If I never sell another plant again, I'm good. Right. (laughs) Um, So I thought, how can I use these plants to one, create opportunity for people who don't have the the retail price tag in the bank for this plant? How can I create an opportunity for someone who might not be able to acquire this plant to get one and then also to help, you know, underrepresented and underserved communities. So I decided, you know, rather than auctioning this, why don't I, you know, people show me that they've donated even $5 to Black Girls Code is an organization I care about, um, Central Texas uh, Food Bank. Um, I'm really passionate about food, food and resource security for people. Let's see, the Austin Urban League was one. And then uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's uh, voting uh coalition organization uh things like that things that are important to me i've always believed like you put your money where your mouth is so if you care about things you know give your time and your dollars to it and so i decided to kind of um 
enable my following to do the same. And, um, you know, I've done plant swaps where, you know, instead of charging a fee, which I find really bizarre, like, because you're just trading plants. So to charge an entry fee for that, I find that bizarre. So people would charge entry fees just to get into these plant swaps before yes. they've even bought or yes. sold any plants. Yes. And I've seen like $45 charge. Oh. Which is you know, interesting. I, I think at those, they maybe have hors d'oeuvres or something to kind of... Just so they're kind of playing, yeah, paying for the food circulating around. <laughs> or like the marks. right to be yeah. there and, you know, rub elbows with the Instagram plant fluencers, which is a term I resent so much. But, <laughs> you know, like people kind of try to capitalize on that. But um, I just said, you know, bring food. And um, we did this in September last year. With COVID guidelines, by the way, like I, I, count, I checked with the county so many times. I was like, is this cool? And they were like, just do it. We don't care, <laughs> <laughs> which was crazy to me. But we did it. Everyone was, you know, six feet apart, minimum at all times, masked up. And I like limited how many people could like be in the swap. Yeah. But anyway, we like donated over like a thousand pounds of food and I think over six hundred dollars in like cash donations which is so incredible to That's me amazing and i i just i was so grateful and i'm still so grateful and i'm trying to figure out like something else i can do in lubbock you know where i live now um but yeah just trying to find how I can give back in a way that I can <laughs> and Chloe that's beautiful I love that yeah. I love that you took your passion you saw a need in the community to help out and you did something about it and that yeah. is essentially what I that's what I created this podcast like I want to highlight people like yourself who are doing that who are Thank going you. above <laughs> the mean to literally help out their community and kind of pay it forward in a way to promote that mindset towards others yes that's exactly it where did you learn a lot of your information for plants? I've seen a lot of TikTok accounts that have recently blown up from their tips and tricks on mm -hmm. indoor gardening, but how can you be sure that that really works? Uh, are there any books <laughs> that you read that may prove to be more of a reliable source, or like, can you give some more reliable sources? Absolutely. Um, the Flora and Fauna collection are like, uh, not to be sacrilegious, but like a biblical reference for aeroid growing specifically. Um, that's the kind of the group of plants that I mostly specify in. I do have, you know, some odd cacti here and there, um, but for the most part, I specialize in aeroids. And uh, Flora and Fauna, that collection, it's two separate books, super hard to find, but I think they've been scanned online. So if you look up Flora and Fauna PDF, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, it's really funny. I do plant consultations and um, I've had people, you know, pay attention to the advice of these tiktokers and sometimes they're like help me fix it i've seen some really odd advice for example like milk to polish leaves one that i recently <laughs> got was cinnamon to put cinnamon in my foil my foil in my soil and then water it and uh, it didn't work um yeah i think uh, i've heard banana peels before too now i actually will come out and defend banana peels here's why so banana peels have a lot of potassium and potassium can it can actually be a nice topical infusion of potassium for your plants oh, okay. um, and given that it's like a plant material it's not as hostile to the very um specific specifically designed leaf surfaces right because a lot of things happen on the surface of leaves you've got gas exchange you've got moisture exchange like so much is going on there like 
you've got the stomates, they open and close. So you don't really, and they of course photosynthesize, which is how they get their energy. So you don't want to clog the pores. You don't want to cover the photosynthetic tissues of the plant. So a lot of times when people put like butter or milk or, you know, leaf polish, you can one, damage the stomates, you can clog the stomates, or you can even like create like a kind of like a dust film over the photosynthesizing cells, and which makes it less more efficient. Harm. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, your leaf looks really shiny, but that leaf might not be as photosynthetically viable as it was before you polished it. If you want shinier leaves, you can brush them off with a like like a microfiber cloth, wet it gently, just water, <laughs> and wipe it down. And it usually will dry clean. But if you really, you know, if you have like hard water stains or you really want that super shiny, glossy look, you can use a banana peel, actually. Like you know, to rub it on the mm-hmm. plant? Yeah, oh. the, the white side, not the, <laughs> not the yellow. But yeah, you can use the inside of the banana peel. Wow. And that'll do fine if you have to rub something on your plant leaves. <laughs> that's crazy okay don't recommend that for like non-glaucous plant leaves so if it's not a shiny plant leaf like if it's more velvety more voluminous don't do that because um the voluminous leaves the cells that give it that texture are very easily damaged and you'll do more harm than good trying to wipe it off wipe them down we don't want that we don't need another dead plant on my hands (laughs) (laughs) you're doing great honestly bonsai or not they're not friendly to anyone I know. Master, doesn't matter. They're violent. (laughs) (laughs) They look pretty. And I feel like that's the appeal of plants. Like, they look pretty, and then you see them in the store, you bring them home, (laughs) and then you're just like, well, what do I do now? Yeah. You just go on Google and go on TikTok, and you try to find the plant that kind of looks best or matches yours best so that you can figure out what specific type of care. But I feel like I've recently learned, like, having a plant's like a kid almost, at least for me. Since I don't have a pet or kids, but this is the closest thing. Right. <laughs> I, I know I get it. I mean, you nurture, you, na- you nurture them. And I don't know about you, but I named mine. So all my so plants are the same that. name. I love that. What is the name? They're all named Petunia. Petu- that's a great <laughs> name. I don't Honestly, know. that's all you need. Petunia, <laughs> that's amazing. I love I that. Just, I have Petunia 1, Petunia 2, Petunia 3. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just feel like... All my plants should be named Petunia. It's like Chanel. It's like Chanel number one. <laughs> petunia number one. I love that. I really do. We don't talk about Petunia number five. No. <laughs> She's a little salty. She's a little dry. <laughs> As they do sometimes. <laughs> there are some plants. I, You know, they come for me. I come for them. I'm like, man. Do you I- have like a favorite type of plant? Like oh. class? I don't know if that's the right word. No, you're right. Uh, so like a family of plants I really appreciate. I mean, I'm Monstera Maven, and that's kind of the entry plant, gateway plant for a lot of people. But I'm actually really into Anthurium, like very into Anthurium, like the one you have. Anthurium. So, Is that the, can you just, it's like. Yeah, the, the red. So there's two main types. There's foliage Anthurium and uh, floral Anthurium. So to, to give you an example, the one you have is a floral anthurium because it has uh, those red flowers. Okay. So the primary appeal of them is the flowers. Yes. And uh, they get really crazy. You've got ones that are white and peppered with like red polka dots. You'll have one that are pink, like hot pink, blue, crazy colors on those flowers um, that they're bred for. And then you have foliage anthurium, which um, 
that's all you'll see on my page right now. Um, but like large, longer, uh, darker leaves, like velvet. Like oh, okay. I know exactly like what you're The talking. crushed kind of velvet look. Um, I'm very into those. I'm like trying to make my own hybrids and kind of have that um, going own, for people. <laughs> did you say make your own hybrids? Yes. You're making plants now. I'm sh- Look, I'm out here <laughs> trying to have, um, because if you create a unique hybrid, you can name it. And I'm trying to have a monster maven something out there that is so Um, cool so what goes into making your own plant if you don't mind me asking oh i I don't mind at all so what you have to do is you have to grow them to a flowering level of maturity and typically that's you know after that first inflorescence you're usually good to go the next one that comes up is probably going to be sexually mature what you do you gather pollen so they usually enter reception first at which means that you um so i'm trying to back up maybe i'm skipping too much but the flower it has for most on um most aeroids it has both the female and the male uh, aspect to it uh, but they go um they're active at different periods so first it's receptive and you can usually smell it like they have like a like oh a like a nice little scent Sometimes it's not so nice. Uh, <laughs> one of my larger plants, it smelled like garbage, and it was really annoying. And um, <laughs> it's really crazy because pollinators are everywhere. Even though you know I don't have like a dirty house or anything, <laughs> and I do have plants, but you know I'm very meticulous about cleaning and um, pest management. But all of a sudden, there were like little fruit gnats, and they uh. were trying to pollinate the flower because that smell is an attractant. And so it's literally, they're literally coming and like hovering around this plant. I'm like, where did you all come from? And I realized this, the, the, the feminine half of the, the, the spathe is, is receptive, oh, which is crazy. You yeah. know, it's trying to, you know, it's trying to be pollinated here. It's trying to make babies. And then, um, so if you don't successfully pollinate, the, the male half will go ahead and drop pollen at the top. And what I do is I'll gather pollen, um, from what I want to be the pollen donor, as I call it. And then what you do is you store it in a freezer, or if you have another receptive inflorescence, you will pollinate it. That's and, so fascinating. And then you just wait for berries, and then from berries you get seeds. It's They're like literal little berries. Sometimes they're pink, sometimes they're orange, red. It just depends on the plants involved in the cross. But yeah, you kind of squeeze them open, and then you have seeds, sometimes two or three per berry. And then I like to mix them in water just to get that kind of, it's like a weird coating on it. You got to get that off. And then I put them on moss or tree fiber and let them grow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, that's so cool. I honestly never knew you could kind of create your own plant. Absolutely. Um, it's like a big deal amongst Anthurium people. We all want to make the darkest, largest leaved, most dramatic foliage out there. Um, and I per personally want to do something with regale because it's a very um i'm throwing regale because uh, the name implies it's very regal the leaves are very large it's very dramatic plant like you know it the minute you see it and it's always been uh, a favorite of mine but the plant itself is actually quite temperamental and so by creating a vigorous hybrid i'm hoping that people can enjoy the beauty of the regale without having to deal with its fussiness and temperamental attitude oh so you're kind of giving it the best of both like attributes kind of trying to because the leaves are i mean 
my largest regale has a 36 inch leaf i mean it's it's, it's pretty big it's a massive plant yeah. <laughs> it's very large and again it has this really striking foliage if anyone wants to look it up our r-e-g-a-l-e uh, Anthurium regale. It's so good. Anthurium regale. I just it's honestly, choice. as you've been dropping plant names, I've been <laughs> loving that. Like, it almost sounds like it's another language. They sound so beautiful. Oh, <laughs> I hope I, I'm probably not pronouncing it all right. I've all, I've read about them. I've never, I never really get to sit with people who know how it's all said in Latin, and, <laughs> you know, kind of sponge it up. But yeah. I feel like, well, <laughs> you, to me, you're doing a great job. Thank you. <laughs> So recently, as I've been kind of growing with my green thumb and trying to come into my own with my plants, I've come to think about this kind of ideology or this notion that relationships and plants kind of go hand in hand. I've thought of like this weird little metaphor that like relationships are like plants. If the roots are rotten, it will never bloom and grow. Mm. And I was like, I feel like that's very true with relationships. Because if the base or the core isn't solid, isn't strong, it has nothing to stand on. So how do you create a strong base or foundation with your friends? Oh, I love that. Um, you know, success in anything is about communication. Um, it doesn't really matter how much you might know about something or think you know about something if you're not responding t- appropriately to a need, right? Um, I think that's 90% of what plant care is, is, you know, if the leaves look droopy and the soil's dry, right? Give it some water. Um, Same thing for relationships. I think communication is absolutely the foundation. Be where your friends tell you they need you to be, you know, provide what they need you to provide, you know, do the things that they need you to do. Like just listen. Absolutely. And try to be around people who are love and know themselves enough to be able to do that for you because you can't love someone if they don't know how they need to be loved that is really true that is really true i feel like a lot of us don't know how we like to be loved or yeah. how we feel like we need to be loved i know i've done those quizzes i've done the little <laughs> we, all have. we all have absolutely oh and i can't even remember what mine was my love language i feel like it was something i like i love cuddles so maybe like affection yeah or physical stuff. affection yeah like physical touch and what what would you say your love language is oh that's so interesting i was actually thinking about it i think it fluxes between quality time and physical affirmation so physicality you know words are great but i want it if you action is really how you show me that you care um so i always am always inviting people to action like you know my my um initiatives i'm always trying to convince people to do things because that's how i show um that i'm present and that i care um but honestly i i feel like they all kind (laughs) of change they're like in our life it depends i feel Mm -hmm. like a lot also on where you are in your life yes it's like certain things depending where i am will just hit differently and resonate more than others exactly like when i was very much a broke college student <laughs> you know someone bringing me food was like the most meaningful thing that anyone could do it would bring yes. me to tears like yes. thank you so much like even just like a gift card so that i could get like 
a meal that wasn't like Aramark. I don't know. <laughs> Y'all Just, know the horror stories of that. We have a literal, I'm sorry to drag my alma mater, but they had a contract with a prison food company. Like the food that people in in the pen get is what they were feeding. Oh, I'm speechless. I'm literally speechless. We won't say the alma mater. <laughs> we won't, but it's out there. If you want to look it up. I'm, I'm on some lists, so you can find it. But no, yeah, I, that was really shameful when I found that out. And also just like the food was just. Wow. It was out there. <laughs> I mean, I knew college students, we'd be struggling when it comes to food, but I didn't know we were struggling that bad. No, I, and hearing, you know, what you and my brother have been able to enjoy, it like blows my mind. Because <laughs> I was like, man, I thought Einstein's bros and like, um, kind of like a Chilantro knockoff. That was the, those are the two restaurants we had on campus. And I thought we were good. good. I was like, I love a little sandwich. You're like, from I'm Einstein's livid. Bro. I'm livid. And then I hear like, you've got like Chick-fil-A and like all this like nice nice food i mean the sizes of our universities can't be compared but man i was like eating like knockoff knockoff food i mean <laughs> that's what they were serving us but don't forget during my commencement all i was given was twinkies so that's, that's so true that's so true so you have more like resource competition for sure <laughs> like more mouths to feed so Grass is always greener, right? I guess. I mean, <laughs> fair. That's very fair. That's valid. <laughs> um, now, you are no stranger when it comes to coming into environments that tend to be primarily male and dominating them, making a name for yourself. Um, I saw when you pursued your degree in STEM, and I'm seeing it once again. You're currently running your own car dealership in Lubbock. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Of course. So, Rising Fast Motors is the name of my car store and uh, I like to think of us as Carvana but we're family owned because we can provide these things Um, we can ship anywhere in the continental United States we have a diverse selection of nice pre-owned mostly luxury uh, vehicles but we have everything for every budget which I love about us like we will get you you know whether it's the car you drive on the weekends because you want to cruise and kind of show out or you know it's your first vehicle and you're just trying to get some credit history established we do it all um and also we're family owned and operated been in business for over 30 years and so to be able to continue that and put my own spin on it has been really really um amazing it's a great opportunity i'm really excited to be in it And how has it been to be a woman and a woman of color at that running your own car dealership? Like, have you come or face any obstacles? Thank you. No one ever asks me about that. But thank you. I love uh, talking about it because, you you know, there's so little of us in certain spaces. And um, honestly, I'm used to it. So just quick. Um, hearkening about neuroscience of everyone that graduated with a degree in neuroscience there were two black women two of us <laughs> of the whole program and they still got us mixed up which was uh during your graduation no no, no not no. during my graduation but in class oh okay you know if, if we're all getting the same how degree. rude okay. i know very 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 rude <laughs> but you know just being the only two um i've always you know kind of existed in spaces where there were if there was another black woman, I, it was me and her. Um, but, you know, the car dealership was just an extension of that. It's a very masculine space. People think, oh, you know, car 
people, car men, car guys, you know, they don't usually say car girl. Um, and then on top of that, they don't usually expect someone who looks like me, you know, dresses the way that I do to be like, oh yeah, no, I don't listen to that. That's a radiator issue or, oh yeah, you've got, you know, a nail in your tire. They're like, how'd you know? I'm like, that's right there. <laughs> in it, sir. <laughs> no, but, um, honestly, I'm just trying to create positive representation in this space, show people that car dealer could be anybody. Um, anybody can be anybody. Basically, entrepreneurship does not is not defined by a specific type of person, even though that's how we've been conditioned to see it. Anybody can go into any space. You just need to take an education course, build some capital, get some business connections and go for it. If that's what you really want to do, there's good money in it. You can help a lot of people. I no, there's nothing better feeling than knowing, you know, someone who, you know, just needed that second chance. You know, I, I see a lot of women who are like getting out of a bad relationship and they're they're like, you know, he paid for everything and I just need a chance. And seeing them two or three years later, they're like, I'm ready to get another car, you know, and I'm doing a lot better now. That feels so good to me. So um, I like being in spaces where I can help other women get get their leg up and get their get their self going literally because <laughs> it's cars um i hope that's a good answer <laughs> no that was beautiful like solidarity and i love that like you've really made a name for yourself and you've kind of pushed the agenda to help other women which is beautiful because i feel like i know me as a female i've always been kind of weird when it comes to dealing with car dealerships or going to get something fixed on my car dealing oh, yeah. with mechanics just because there's that stereotype that women don't know as much about their vehicle as men do and so Sorry. that they're often kind of get bamboozled or get finessed oh, into paying more mm -hmm. and it's nice to see that there's a woman out there who's trying to counteract that and help that absolutely and again transparency is a huge part of my business model i'll tell you exactly how it is because you deserve nothing less you deserve to know you know everything about why your rate is where it is why you know how payments will help you you know prepayment stuff like I just find that so many people don't men and women don't have it explained to them you know like there's this I don't know weird idea that people the less people know about their financing or their car the better but I believe in the exact opposite I believe you should know everything as much as you're willing to let me tell you right like <laughs> if I'm talking you're off let me know but <laughs> I want to tell you it's because it's your it's your life it's a financial decision and it's an important decision because it gets you where you need to go every single day. So you deserve to know what's going on. And I'll shoot straight. <laughs> and that's how it should um, be. That's how it should be. <laughs> I know it's not like that. I thought I find that so annoying because I always tell my friends, like, when you bring your car somewhere, tell me, like, what what they want you to get done. Because I'll tell you, like, you don't if need it's that. Legit if or it's not. legit or not. Because they'll say, oh, you need to get you know, this such thing rotated. I'm like, you just had that done three months ago. You do not need another rotation. How much do they want to charge you for at 50 bucks? I'm like, don't do that. Just keep your money. Like, you know, certain things are maintenance items that must be performed at certain um, benchmarks, but other things are just little flavor, little, you know, just, you know, make more like inflate. Uh, I call them bill inflators. Keep adding here, on to that bill. $100 there, $100 here. Um, I want to help you keep money in your pocket. Like, <laughs> and that's you know. what I love. That's that's beautiful. Thank you. And I guess what are some of the perks to owning a car dealership? Okay. If there are any, there are. Okay, so I can drive any car I want. 
Ooh, and I love hopping that. out the <laughs> lot at the Lambo. <laughs> I wouldn't drive the Lambo personally. I would never. I could never. Because uh, I'm not. The, I'm a okay. I'm a good driver. I'm not gonna negative <laughs> self talk on this show. But um, man, the insurance. If something happens, the sports like, insurance. Yes, it's so. a lot. And you know, on top of that, I want that car to be displayed. I want people to see, you know, the Maserati on the property. So that's never really the first car I go for, but. You know, having the luxury of trying out vehicles and getting to know them and, you know, really diving into the different features. The one thing I really like about used cars is they're all so unique, um, especially if they were factory ordered. There's just a billion and one different features that could be included or not included and trying to get to know and really understand each of those cars is kind of a fun experience for me. (laughs) I mean, Um, it's definitely been an experience for me trying to... I've, I've definitely gotten more involved with this car than I did my first car. Yay. And I'm learning about new features. Like, it was so weird. The other day we were driving and my boyfriend told me, he was like, oh, you have, what is it called when it's like your car will kind of decide whether how close it is. Oh, my God. My boyfriend told me I had cruise control. Yeah, you have cruise control. <laughs> and I literally <laughs> had no idea that I had that in my car. I was like, wait, what? And he was like, yeah, like, have you never used this? And I was like, no, I didn't even know how to turn that on. (laughs) But I'm learning to be more aware of my car and just the different features that come in it. Yeah. Like what? Because I know one day, hopefully, fingers crossed, I'm manifesting it. I can see myself driving down in a G-Wagon. Yeah. Black, red leather interior. Yes. Yes. What is your dream car? Oh. I love this question. First of all, can't go wrong with a G-Wagon. We love G-Wagons. We carry quite a few of them. <laughs> um, they're awesome. They're so fun. Like, the handling on that thing, because they're, they're, they're behemoth cars. They're huge, huge, heavy cars. Going from zero to, like, 100. Just keep things. one on the lot for me, Chloe. Keep <gasps> one on the lot. <laughs> I will. I'll find you. I'll find you. Like, we're going <laughs> to manifest that. I'm going to be ordering it for you. You're going to be taking delivery of that car just imagine <laughs> having these keys um my favorite car my dream car is a bentley gta uh, convertible Ooh. in like really like yellow like very yellow or red but i want like a really flashy audacity color because like when you have that kind of money like who cares yeah like, like why think not about my lemon green car like i <laughs> live my life no um yeah i i'm like um there's a show i like called top gear oh okay i've heard of it yeah it's amazing and i just remember they pulled their car out and i was like that's the car like that's the one i need that car one day like not today maybe not tomorrow but one day i'm gonna have that car in my garage (laughs) i'm gonna manifest that we're gonna manifest together together literally have (laughs) our dream cars (laughs) chloe thank you so much this has been such a informative interview i feel like i've learned not only so much about plants but just about being a boss woman and just owning your own dealership just what it takes to be an entrepreneur and what that looks like to give back to the community well thank you so much thank you for having me i love this conversation it made me think so much about myself and revisiting my own purpose and you know why i'm doing the things that i do so thank you for chatting with me of course and i'll definitely make sure to link all your tags and handles in the description below once again thank you for listening i hope you found this episode helpful and that it motivates you to not only try your hand at gardening but 
more importantly, it inspires you to get involved and to give back to the community. One person can make a difference, and it starts with having an ambitious mindset. If you like the show, make sure to comment and subscribe. I'll be uploading new episodes every Tuesday morning. Don't forget to follow our Instagram. I'll be uploading highlight clips and bonus reels from the podcast. As always, remember, don't settle for average. Rise above the mean and stand out.